All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, June 8th, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Enter the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout and get $10 off your first box. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com, R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O dot C-O-M. I'm your host, Detroit sports editor Noel Bianchi, here today and every day with longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Hi. How's it going? Are you excited for this episode? I'm very excited for this episode. Uh, this is gonna, I'm, I, love, I love what we did on this episode. Yeah, I, me think, too. I think this is a great idea. Uh, so what we've got for you guys today, like Ethan just mentioned, one of the more exciting episodes that we've gotten the chance to bring you guys, uh, since we really started this whole thing, to be quite honest, uh, yesterday, Sunday, June 7th was the 23 year anniversary of the wings snapping a 42 year cup drought on home ice against the Philadelphia Flyers. A day to remember for any Red Wings fans, uh, particularly the long suffering fans that lived through the dead wings era. Uh, and that does not include us, uh, as we've mentioned before, we were both practically babies during the time that the Red Wings won their first cup in 1997 and then went on to repeat in 1998. So we thought we would take it to the voices of people who were there. We've got some great guests for you guys today. We've got Ken Kale, Darren McCarty, Bob Wojanowski, Wojo, as many of you may know him from the Detroit News in 97, won the ticket. Terry Foster, Mark Hicks brought back a lot of our favorite recurring guests to take us through the one thing that they'll never forget. And, uh, yeah, some of the stories on here were, were, were pretty good. I really enjoy getting the chance to to learn about it. And obviously, this is something that you can go back and watch on YouTube and you know read all the stories you want. But hearing it through the eyes of people who experienced it firsthand. Are, and that's what sports are all about. It's, it's about the personal stories that surround it. It's the where were you's. It's the what were you thinking. It's all that other stuff. So uh, I'm very excited to bring this to you guys. So we won't wait any longer. We'll jump right into the episode, starting with our first guest, recurring guest, Ken Cal. Hi, everyone. This is Ken Cal, radio voice of the Detroit Red Wings. And one of the things that I remember and will never forget about the 1997 Stanley Cup championship is how emotional the fans were after the Red Wings won the cup, especially after when Steve Eiserman raised the cup over his head. Uh, you know, there were a lot of flash bulbs popping all over the place and people crying. And it was over 40 years since the Red Wings won their last Stanley Cup, and that was back in 1955. And um, it was just so nice for the Red Wings to win it on home ice. And that was really a thrill. And I remember all the confetti. And I just remember, um, you know, the people in the building with brooms because they swept the Philadelphia Flyers. Another thing that I remember about the series was that the Red Wings were considered underdogs and nobody really gave them a chance. And I remember uh, I didn't fly with the team to Philadelphia. I flew separately and I rented a car. And as I'm driving over to the hotel, I turned on WIP, which is the sports station in Philadelphia, and they were already planning the parade. And they were you know, arguing amongst themselves about the parade route and where the final uh, uh, celebration should be. And they haven't even played a game yet, you know. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a little premature. And then after the Red Wings were up two games to none, I was driving the car back to turn it in. And I turned on the same radio station and people were just crying, all the fans, you know, I can't believe we're down 2 nothing. And, you know, I just got a little chuckle about that. So 
uh, you know, the Wings were heavily underdogs, but I think the team speed of the Red Wings really, um, you know, really was the difference. And I thought the third and fourth lines, the grind line especially, did a really good job of really dictating the play early. And they got some big goals. I think Joey Koser had a goal. Malpy had a goal. So it was really good in those first two games, and that really set the tone. And That's something I'll always remember. This is Bob Wanowski, Wojo, from uh, the Detroit News and 97 won the ticket. And the one thing I will never forget from the 97 Stanley Cup, the Red Wings, first championship in whatever I lose track, 50 years, um, partly the noise in Joe Louis Arena as the final seconds ticked away against the Flyers, uh, I remember distinctly fans just leaning and pounding against the glass near the ice at the Joe and like fans seeing pictures of fans with tears just streaming down their eyes. And then in the, in the post game afterwards, the celebration in the locker room, the Stanley cup and, and Steve Iserman, the star cross captain who had never won it for so many years, telling just tremendous stories as, as you know, people are drinking beer out of the cup and his teammates are still, he, everybody's still like in full uniform. And he was telling stories about finally in his mind, the curse or whatever, the black cloud was lifted. And, and he told a story about when he was in Vegas once and the dealer recognized him. So oh, you, you play for the rent with Steve, Steve. Yeah. Steve. Yeah. Steve. Oh, I, it wasn't the dealer. It was another player. And the player goes, Ooh, I don't know if I want to sit at your table. You haven't been very lucky in your career. Have you? And he told that story and just loved that uh, he could not have that hanging over him anymore. So just unfettered joy and, but more relief. Like sometimes you see a team win a championship and you know, they did it for this and they did it for this. And this was just everybody feeling unburdened. You know, and Darren McCarty and Chris Draper, everybody, just just relief and um, a lot of beer and champagne flowing through that locker room. That's what I remember. One of the things that I love about the Stanley Cup is the locker room scene after when all the guys are drinking out of the cup, you know, beer flying everywhere, champagne. But I think what I would put in it, especially when I had my day with the cup, is just a big old assortment of Built bars. I mean, can you imagine eating a built bar out of the Stanley Cup? That's a that's every man's dream. I I can't believe that that hasn't been done yet. Well, you know, Built Bar is a relatively new company that brings protein bars that taste like a candy bar. And you know, cereal's a popular option. Nice sugary, sweet cereal. But I tell you what, you throw a built bar in there. You get the 100% chocolate that's in like, I don't know, Reese's Puffs, except it's soft, easy to chew, doesn't scrape up the side of your mouth, and you're able to fight that Stanley Cup hangover the following year because you've been staying nutritious and in shape with a built Bar that's great for the health-conscious guy, especially one on the go. You can lose or maintain while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. And even better yet, you know what I bet would be delicious? And I, they probably don't recommend that you do this, but I'd like to you know, throw a bunch in there at once, let them sit in the hot sun, melt. Maybe you can, you can drink it. It'd be better than drinking brownie batter, to be quite honest with you. Oh, wow. I was thinking of some like healthy fondue in there, and then you could let the Bilt Bars melt a little bit, and then it's just oh, heaven. That, that might be, be the best cup day ever. 
that it would be the best cup day ever. I don't know what you're talking about. Might. Uh, and for anybody who's, you know, any NHLers who are about to enter the playoffs that listen to this show and think I might win a Stanley cup here in a couple of months, that's a great idea. Well, I got good news for you. You can go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's right. Use the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Do not wait. And if you want to talk champions, let's talk about Brandon Denler. He is the founder of MimaRemedies.com, a company providing full-spectrum CBD, hemp oil, and flour that is owned by Michigan State alums and Southwest Michigan residents. Now, Brandon Denler, he got his start growing hemp organically in Oregon. It's CO2 extracted, full-spectrum CBD. Their full-spectrum extract retains terpenes and flavor of hemp flour with no additives or flavoring. All products are third-party lab tested and always below 0.3% THC, so you can keep your Stanley Cup celebration a little, uh, while uh, you know not not necessarily being all doinked. Uh, you, you don't want that. You're gonna have guests over. You're gonna be, have to be talked to them with a straight face. You can't be uh, you know doing that kind of stuff. But going through the grind of an NHL postseason is exhausting. So when you need to uh, shore up that achy back, you need that mental clarity. You just need to go to sleep at night. Go ahead and smoke on a little bit of their cherry flower, like they sent me. And you'll be feeling great in no time. Now, that's how you fight a Stanley Cup hangover. If you're looking for a high-quality CBD products from a brand you can trust, Mima is a match made in Michigan. That promo code is locked on at MimaRemedies.com, M-I-M-A, Remedies, R-E-M-E-D-I-E-S.com. I hope I spelled that right. For 25% off. That's a huge chunk of change. We've said it over and over and over again. You guys cannot afford to wait. You're losing money by sitting here and not acting on this offer. Go right now, MimaRemedies.com, promo code locked on. My name is Zara McCarty, and what I remember about the 1997 Stanley Cup Game four finals wasn't just beating one guy one-on-one for the game winner, but I was fortunate enough to be on the ice for when the buzzer went and I was furthest away from the net. And when the buzzer went, the guys came off the bench, the people in the stands and the streamers out of the roof, it was so loud. It was silent. It's one of those mental pictures that I'll always take. And, uh, you know, something that I'm so proud of is to, to be on the ice for the first cup in 42 years. That was the loudest. It was so loud it was silent. Like, it, it literally, it like, was like, I'm trying to capture the moment. And it's like, it's almost like you're there alone. It was so yeah. weird. But it was surreal because it, it was like that time stamp. It was like. Like, I can bring it up today. It's one of those things that you say, I got to, re- you know, remember this. And it was, like, just at that moment. But it was, like, one of these things that is, like, savor it, savor it. Wow, it's quiet. Wow. And it just every, like, no, but it was so loud. And it, it yeah. just to explain that sort of silence to loudness because it's so loud. But then you just click into reality, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, and then, yeah, so that, that, that's the one thing that I, that I remember. That and going, holy cow, holy crap, I got Nina my beat. <laughs> that, that was another <laughs> one. I remember that one too. And Stevie's telling me, what was that? Uh, holy cow, what was that? And uh, me saying, I don't know. And him saying, well, thank God you don't have to do it again. I remember that too. <laughs> Thank you.
My name is uh, Terry Foster, and here's what I remember most about the 1997 Stanley Cup Championship. Actually, my big, um, my, my big memory happened before the Cup uh, series against Philadelphia even began. I wrote a column in the Detroit News saying that, uh, calling the Philadelphia Flyers big Stay Puff marshmallow guys, and they couldn't chase the wings, and they couldn't ke keep up with them. And so uh, people in Philadelphia read that column, and I was on Philadelphia radio, and they were just killing me, calling me a homer, saying the wings are not that good. The Flyers are big, strong, muscular men, and they're going to do to them what New Jersey did in 1995. So I was, you know, I was, I was on the air, guaranteed the wings. I, I didn't know they were going to sweep them, but I said they'd beat them in five or six because they just their home team wasn't that good. And then in the series, as it played out, Philadelphia tried their best to uh, pin the wings into their zone. They tried to hit them, but they could never catch them. And I just remember how elusive the wings were, how superior the wings were against the Flyers, um, technically, um, skill-wise, anything you want to say. And they dominated that series, swept them in four games. And um, so I just remember uh, some of the Philadelphia fans saw me before the series began and said, oh, it's that guy. And uh, he says the Wings are going to beat the Flyers easily, blah, blah, blah. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. So it was, it was fun just to see the series play out the way it did. And then, um, it, you know, pretty much it finished up with Darren McCarty making his great move and, uh, and, and scoring the, the deciding goal as the Wings won the final game. And I got a great quote out of Darren McCarty out of that. Uh, I praise him on his goal scoring, which, you know, he's not a goal scorer. And his response to me is, even a blind squirrel can find a nut now and then. So that was a fun series for me. Had a great time. And, uh, and I got to say, you know, thumb my nose up at Philadelphia Flyer fans. So that was a lot of fun. Hello, this is, uh, my name is Mark Hicks. I'm the longtime uh, past Red Wing team photographer, a uh, very lucky guy. The thing I remember most about the first cup in 96-97 uh, was that there was no security at the door of the locker room. So when the cup left the ice, we all headed into the locker room. The NHL had built a stage, like about a 12-inch stage in the locker room. The ceiling's pretty low. And there was nowhere to walk around. The stage went right to the stools where the locker was. So as the players went to go in there, the locker room was already full of just fans. It was just crazy in media. And so everybody started partying under the bleachers and stuff. And we kind of went around and snuck in the medical door with the cup and brought it into the back of the room. And the media guys were all looking, where's the cup? Where's the cup? And me as a photographer, I'm following the cup because everybody touched them wants a picture. So we come in the back door through the medical room, back in the locker room. It was about 110 degrees and people were spraying champagne all over and they were just fans. It was outrageous. A couple radio personalities, you know, some VIP guys walking around, but it was just packed with people. It was just pandemonium. Uh, so it was hot. And we shot film back in those days, not digital. So I just remember having two pockets full of film 
when we got done with the uh, partying and the, and uh, everything at the Joe, it was about one in the morning. The guys headed over to a restaurant to take the cup. I went to a photo lab, and we shot 172 rolls of film collectively, wow. myself and three other people I had hired. And it, everybody wanted to see those pictures at like eight in the morning because they're waiting to print posters, you know, uh, all sorts of memorabilia to hit that merchandising, make you know, make the money off of that. So we had a long night. We uh, shot roll after roll after roll of film was just punching it through the cameras and uh, about two in the morning headed to the photo lab and stayed there till about noon. Well, that does it for today's episode of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We hope you enjoyed this special edition. And if you did, the good news is we got more for you guys on the way. We've got uh, one plan for the 2008 Cup, 1998 Cup, the 2002 Cup. The idea is going to be to run them on the anniversaries of their happenings, but we threw the, the project together. Uh, we started going through the project about halfway through the last week. So we weren't able to get one up for Thursday's uh, anniversary of the 2008 cup. Didn't want to rush it. We want more time uh, to uh, collect some interviews, some monologues, whatever you want to call them. We'll be able to put those out to you guys for you to enjoy. Uh, if you haven't already go back to last Friday's show, check out our episode with Ted Coffin. We, uh, we, we, we talk about everything under the sun, frankly. Uh, we just chop it up with him about what his experience has been like in the last month, month and a half, what his thoughts are on the NHL's plan to resume to play the 2014 playoff, the draft lottery, and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff that's kind of just unrelated to hockey too. Ted's a great guy. We love having him on the show. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Hey, you know, pressure and time makes diamonds, Nolan. That's right. So we that's need right. so we need a little bit extra time to make sure we put out some quality content for our listeners. And that's just what had to happen. That's just what had to happen. I think they'll understand. Uh we will uh hopefully be running the nineteen ninety-eight and two thousand two uh cups on the actual anniversary date. So be on the lookout for that. And the way you can make sure that you don't miss that those episodes is by subscribing. Give us a review, leave us a rating, you know, do whatever you want. We like the feedback, and if you want another place to do that, you can also follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. I will be posting the episodes there, as well as Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Hit us up on the socials. We want to talk to you guys. We want to know what is the one thing that you will never forget about the night that the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup in 1997. I'm not sure when we're going to be dropping the 2008 Cup. We'll have to kind of work it in between other things. Uh, but regardless, I'm very excited to – to keep evolving this project for you guys. And hopefully we're going to have some even better stuff coming out very, very soon. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Perfect. Fall in line. <laughs>